it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Scout's Eye on Football. I am Chris Landry. Good to be with you. And yes, I know we've been uh, a little bit tardy, a little bit, uh, a little bit inconsistent, which I do not like uh, with uh, this show. And uh, we'll, more about that in a second. Got got a number of things going on, but uh, we're here to talk football with you. We are uh, going to kind of take today. A little bit for how long we want to go will be up to you guys. Um, there's a lot of things I'm working on, um, but certainly, um, you know, can go in any different direction, college or NFL. Uh, working on a lot of the, the film room work, we're going to be getting the previews up, written, and get them up um, over at LandryFootball.com. College football, NFL previews. Um, we've been working a lot on that. Today we're going to kind of, we've got a lot of questions that have been sent in. We're going to try to address those for you um, and, and kind of go there and, and take um, take your questions here during the show. Uh, we are looking at a lot of different things, particularly with maybe getting somebody to oversee and manage this podcast, as well as some other things behind the scenes, going through some um Got to have a little surgery tomorrow and, you know, a lot, lot of things going on. So, but it's, look, it's a good time of year to have it, right? Try to get all that stuff out of the way before things get really hectic with the start of the season. And, oh, by the way, we, we are here at, it's already June. Cannot believe it, uh, that we're already to June. And uh, a couple of things that uh, that are going on. One, the dead period is over in college football, so it is very busy, very hectic on the college side with player visits, um, with um, a lot of recruiting work. Got the, that all that update for you at, at LandryFootball.com. We also, it is a time of year that is not so much exceptionally busy with, um, with the, the NFL other than the fact that post-June cuts often uh, are a reflection of being able to say, and we're, it's one of the things I'm going to get to in the questions, uh, it allows you to to spread out the cap hit over two years. So there's quite a bit going on uh, right now. There's some workouts going on in the NFL. And folks, before you know it, we're going to get through this month. It's going to be July and July. While it's not early in July, 
end of July, we'll start having camps opening up in the NFL, and then we'll have a preseason this year. So it, it's it's going to be coming here. As I always say, it's never a a time, oh, can't wait for the season. Gosh, I've got so much to do, so much to get done for you, the listener and the readers at LandryFootball.com before the start of the season. But one of the things that uh, quickly in college that's going on, as I mentioned, a lot of visits, which we have not been face-to-face with recruits for an entire year with the pandemic. So it's going to be huge for players to be able to get on campus, for programs to be able to not only evaluate, but get to know these players firsthand. Um, And that is going to be huge in very creative ways that schools are going to have different days and different functions that are going to allow those things to happen are going to be uh, going to be quite quite interesting to follow um, some big news yesterday I want to address with one of the questions that we had Chris could you give the assessment of Georgia's new transfer commitments well Georgia's got two guys that we thought and we've told you over at LandryFootball.com were coming for a while now. Um, Darian Kendrick, who I think has got next level ability, class of 2018, from uh, a junior from Clemson, a corner. It's got some size, got some ability to turn and run and cover. He played 40 games at, at Clemson. Um, he really plays the ball very well, and he's, um, you know, with the losses in Georgia's secondary to the NFL draft, um, and obviously elsewhere, they brought in a lot of transfers to try to shore up that position, which I think that front in Georgia is going to be really good, but the secondary is um, is a question. Th- this certainly helps. Um of course, he's got a um, misdemeanor charge of unlawful carrying of a handgun, resulted in him leaving in Clemson. Georgia did their work, and they're bringing him aboard. Five-star player, 2018. It was expected for some time, and we've talked about it, that he was going to end up at Georgia. Uh, Eric Gilbert, who is from Marietta, um, we also told you that he was headed towards uh, Georgia. There's a lot of talk, particularly out my way, that Louisiana, that going back to LSU, if you remember, he signed with LSU out of high school. Five-star kid as well. Um, he played very well. He caught 35 balls, and 365 or so yards, two scores. Um Really did a a nice job. Athletic ability, you know, galore. 6'5", 250, that can run. He has had some issues with regards to, um, I I call it maturity, academics, working through a lot of that. Um, And, you know, I think if he gets his act together, and I'm not... 100% 100% convinced about the academics and being eligible. We'll let that play out. This guy's got a lot of talent. And 
in an offense that's trying to evolve, the passing game trying to grow, a quarterback that thinks got ability, a big-time target like this is is such a huge weapon to have. So, so big gets for Georgia, no question. How effective they can be? Well, let's both got some issues to handle off the field, and we'll see how that plays out. But Georgia's recruiting knows no bounds um, in terms of from the high school ranks and then obviously doing a good job filling in um, from a recruiting standpoint. Um, we um, will, I'm very curious to see how the recruiting um, part of this process uh, takes place this month, particularly out on the West Coast, what's going to happen with some of the visits uh, and, and how they're able to deal with this. Uh, I'm very curious, and we are working in uh, the, uh, the the breakdowns of the teams and curious to see how the workouts take place, how the recruiting takes place, see if USC can build off what has been an uptick in recruiting. Certainly Oregon has been really good. Um, and curious to see how that will play out as are they going to be as aggressive with bringing people on campus as they are in other parts? That's been a been a big issue. We went through the issues with the Pac-12 a couple of weeks ago here and on a couple of other platforms with regard to um, um, the, how the Pac-12 needs to progress and move on to get back to where they're much more competitive as they've lost a whole lot of ground uh, to particularly the South. The other issue in June is a little bit of what's going on in the NFL and the June 1st. Um, and, and we're going to maybe use an example because I've got a question here. I'm trying to get the exact, and it doesn't probably doesn't have to be exact. It's about explaining um the Julio Jones situation as it relates to June 1st and the cap situation. And as I mentioned earlier, teams very simply can take less uh, on dead cap money in the current year, current cap year, this year, if they cut or trade a player after June 1st. Let's remind everybody that cap situations, when you do contracts and you do contracts year out, you have cap allocation based on a 10% at least increase. Well, we all know that we not only did not have the increase, we had a reduction due to COVID. So it's put some people in bad cap situation. So Atlanta is right there at the top of teams at big issues. So very quickly, the end result from a from a financial perspective, it it allows some upfront cap relief. And and let's take for example Julio. Julio, um, his base this year is like fifteen three. The prorated bonus is like seven seven five, and the cap number is twenty three million plus. I think it's like twenty three point two. <clears throat> so the dead money. Pre-June, and, and again, we're past June 1st, I know, but just to give you an example why the trade 
was more difficult to get done prior to. The debt money would have been $23.2 million. That's a, in addition to trying to deal with a cap where they don't have enough to even sign their draft picks, they would lose another two hundred grand of cap savings on that. That's a, a, a huge deal. Now, by doing it post-June 1st, um, again, the base salary and prorated bonus is the same. The cap number is the same. The dead money is the same. But the cap savings is $15.3 million. There's your money that you find under the couch to be able to go out, sign your draft picks, and what have you. So, um, so they save about $19 million on the cap overall, but by prorating it in 22 and 23, um, instead of accelerating in the 2022 cap, you get some upfront relief. So you've got a situation there. You've got a situation with Aaron Rodgers that we've talked about, Zach Ernst to the lesser degree. <clears throat> All of those are ones to look at. Those three guys, which are not the only ones that potentially get, get could get traded, but those three are the ones that are most notable with Aaron Rodgers at the top, Julio Jones, and then Zach Ernst with, you know, not as much news as the other two, but those are the issues. The latest on Julio, um, there's Tennessee, Seattle, look out for San Francisco, potentially, maybe New England, maybe a, a surprise team. Nothing on, on Aaron Rodgers. I think Denver is certainly the team that's talked about the most. Um, I know I talked about it in my notebook um, for Zach Ernst that let's keep an eye on where things might go there. But um, Buffalo, Jacksonville, the Cardinals, the Bengals, Chargers, Panthers, those are the teams that are in the in the Zach Ernst uh, discussions. So uh, those are some things I want to get out that are, that are post-June. We're going to get in some other thoughts. Appreciate you joining us in the chat room. And I know Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, Appreciate you being with us. I hear you out there and see you out there. Michael's got a really good uh, question. He's following us on YouTube. Make sure that you follow us on Twitch. Sign up, twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. Um, Michael Specs asks, are some schools recruiting other teams' rosters? Oh, Michael, you bet they are. Um, you bet they are. That That has been happening for some time. What it is is, as you can imagine, is you're developing relationship with these kids in recruiting. You've got a dossier on who are the key influencers in a kid's life. You know, mom and dad and grandma, uncle, whatever. A kid doesn't come to your school, go somewhere else. Used to be over when I was a recruiting coordinator. You would never do that. You'd never recruit somebody. A, once they committed, it was just, it was um, considered tacky in a football sense to to recruit somebody that was in that category. Uh, now, but again, remember, let's combine that with, you didn't offer kids early. You Kids were 
not offered scholarships until at some point midway through their senior year in high school. You get a better feel for how to evaluate them. Um, and what their um, their needs are and what their desires are, you just get a better feel for them and they for you. Now, you commit early, you don't stay with the commitment, you move on. It's, it's a societal issue and that's where it is. Absolutely, they continue to keep tabs in a behind-the-scenes way on kids. And look, you, you throw in now the transfer portal, why wouldn't you? I mean, these are the unintended consequences that I talk about a lot. I, I can be, I raise my hand and confess that, yeah, I, you know, byproduct of a bygone age where you were more committed to doing certain things a certain way, and it's what you did. I don't live in a world where I think, well, the way that I grew up doing it was better, and it's just, it's just the way I grew up. It's the way it was. It's changed. You, um, you allow certain things. There are unintended consequences. Well, let the kids go anytime. Well, kids could have any chance to go anywhere they want. That sounds great. That's freedom. And we live in a world where everybody should be free. Well, of course there's freedom. Kids could transfer, but there were guardrails to it. So that basically, yeah, it protected the schools. But here's the thing. It protected the players. As I said, I had players that transferred from where I was at LSU. Most of them are sorry that they transferred. It's just that they are. They 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 realize the grass is not always greener. Look, and I'm not. I don't want to. I I ask this rhetorically often. Many of you have kids. Do you let them do whatever they want, anytime they want, how they want, or or, or do you give them some direction on how to act, how to do things, maybe a curfew, whatever? Look, I mean, some may be a little bit more liberal. Some may be more strict. I. I and people that are, there's arguments, parental experts will say things like, well, if you're too strict, they'll, they'll, it may do this. I, I, I don't know. But, but certainly how you raise kids is, a, it's also parallel to how maybe you coach them and how you deal with it. So yeah, let's let them transfer. Yeah, they transfer and, and, and what it is, is it sounds good. And people that are influences in their life say, you should be playing, you should be this, you should get that, you should do this. And then so, let's find some other place to go. Okay, what is that doing? That's teaching kids to, most of them who will never play pro ball. It teaches them to say, I get a job, you know, I'm going to move. I I didn't get the corner off. You You never earn anything. You never work through anything. Tell me in life who just goes through it with everybody deals with something. Even people that are born with a silver spoon in their mouth have issues. They don't have the same issues that people that have to that, that 
don't have that. But you know what I mean. I don't think we're preparing them for that that inevitability of, you know, you're going to have to deal with adversity. So, okay, let's let them transfer. Okay, they transfer anytime they want. They do this. They got the got some guardrails, not much, but you can move on. Well, then what do you think that's going to do? That means that because they are transferable, you're going to continue to recruit and you're going to continue to have some negativity to where, you know what, man, we got a spot for you here. I, I know you're not... You're not getting the ball enough over there at XYZ School. If you come over to our place, we can. Of course, you're going to have that. Negative recruiting has now entered in negative, you know, negativity within the current roster. Michael asks, is there any way to stop it? Well, I mean, the horses are out of the barn. I mean, you got to corral them. How do you do it? Well, you can put in rules that obviously if you're caught, phone records and what have you, you can make it very punitive if they do that. But how are they, you know, phone records are pretty easy, but, you know, burner phones, you don't think any one of the assistants that are going to do that, right? There are going to be people that are going to, that are going to be doing this, that are not associated, not traceable, that are going to do this on behalf of the school and the coaches. Good luck trying to handle that. The NCAA can't deal with what they're dealing with right now, much less adding this to the mix. Um, it's going to be very difficult. These are the things, and again, I'm not a told-you-so type of thing, type of person, but... When people say, hey, I got an idea, let's do this. They, the, unless you've been there, you don't understand that when you go down one path, it's going to create all sorts of different, different arteries of being able to do things and a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, there's always problems, Chris. There's always issues. Yes. But you need to understand the bigger picture and how one decision is going to affect the other and make decisions accordingly. And I don't think people understand that enough. I am all for the general concept of let's do things a certain way. Let's increase things. It's just like, so in addition to everything that we're talking about, now you're going to have name, image, and likeness. Yeah, think that the kid and Uncle Joe... And Aunt Josephine and, you know, Mama and Daddy and Grandma are going to say, not only are you not getting the ball enough, that hurts your ability to get more money from name, image, and likeness. If you go to this other school and the other schools say, yeah, if you come here, look, we're going to do this. You get the ball more, gives you more of a spotlight. And look, we got, we got really good name, image, and likeness opportunities here. Well, what are you? It's going to create that. Okay, people say, "Oh, that's a fair trade market." There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, nothing wrong with it. That's the way. It, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be chaos, and there's really no way to control it, Michael. I mean, there's really how do you stop? I mean, you don't have the enforcement capabilities in the NCAA. The only thing you can do 
is from a societal standpoint, make it such a negative thing if you recruit somebody off of another team that you would never go down that path. You know, look, well, again, not to get, you know, um, into kind of the social element or political element, I don't mean that, but things that used to be really bad or thought of really bad, nah, not so bad today. Yeah, yeah. So everybody does that. Yeah, yeah. It's not as much respect for authority, laws, rules, and look, some laws and rules need to be changed. If we don't follow them, if we don't have them, we got chaos. I mean, I, I say this all the time. My grandparents, I can remember, not the last house they had, but the house when I grew up and used to go visit in the summer and all that, their house in a little sleepy town in South Louisiana. I mean, and again, I don't consider myself that old. I guess I am. Their house. You ever seen, and I don't know if you still have them like in your bathroom or, or like, like doorknobs that have no, there's no lock to them. There's no key or no thing you can punch. Just a doorknob. The thought of anybody coming in and robbing you, <laughs> that was like, you know, what? I mean, that was like, we have a whole industry of security cameras, um, uh, alarm systems, it's a whole multi-billion dollar industry to prevent people from coming in and stealing from you. Why would we need to protect our property and our person? Because, you know, people have been killing and I guess stealing forever and ever in a day. I'm not saying that's something that just started in the last 20 years. Of course not. But look at the rate Look at how more prevalent it was in small-town America, big city, big difference. I mean, in Chicago, New York, 50 years ago, they were stealing. I get it. They're stealing now in every little town. Why? We can go into that. I, you know, I don't know. Okay, but it's more of you can do it. So the whole, the jail system, we have too many people in it. So therefore, these crimes are, well, you know, we can't put them there. We don't have enough room for them. We can't afford it. So why am I going there? I'm going there so this is not jailable offenses. But in terms of saying, okay, this is how you do things, and now this is how you do things, we're going down a path where it's going to continue to happen. So we're going to have players going left and right. Um transfer part nobody likes it in in athletics nobody likes it haven't met one athletic director have i mean golf coaches are pissed off tennis coaches are pissed. gymnastics coaches are pissed. i mean they're all it's like the wild wild west coming and going it's it's going to be just like those revolving doors in the in the malls i mean it's just it's just i don't see that as a good thing because 
so many are going to leave for greener pastures that are not green. And no, I don't. I think we've gotten to that point. Hey, slot. Uh, uh, SL Hotman. I guess is it uh, Slot Man? I you know. Um, I got that wrong. I apologize. Thank you for joining us. And hey, Tony's back. Tony, big Brown fan. And Chris, any chance the Browns will bring back Sheldon Richard at a cheaper price? Yes, I think they are looking at that and some other opportunities. That's definitely, as you know, an area that they want to upgrade. And I know that there was a lot of people that asked me draft time. Oh, are they going to force a pick? No, no, no. And you, you know my feeling on this, Tony. You, you don't force that pick because um, what? You just get a player that doesn't help you. This is a good roster, as you well know. That is a definite need, and it is a concern, and it could be a determining factor to how good they could be, but you have to do it with a good player, and I don't think there was they were comfortable with anybody at particular spots in the draft to make that move. I, I think they're looking at that, and at a cheaper price, they consider it, but along with some other options there. Um, I think that's an area they need to upgrade. Um, and that's a lot of what's going on now. Uh-huh. SL Hotman is okay, Chris. Thank you, man. Thanks for clearing that up. You know, when you look at it real quick, it kind of close together. Love having the SL, um, uh, SL Hotman, uh, regardless. And if I put you your name, then I apologize. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. Um, a couple of other things I want to get to and see if we can get to the questions that were brought up about, um, uh, let's see. Um, gosh, I want to make sure that I get the, the question right here. Um, how many teams can legitimately win the national championship in college football? this year not many um alabama georgia clemson ohio state um oklahoma I don't I don't think Oregon is good enough, but certainly with a big upset in taking care of business in their league, you know, they certainly have a path to do it. I don't think there's um I, I don't I don't I, I would say we'll throw in a six and have a walk. I, I really I see five. I see no more than six. And that's kind of the way it typically is. Um, now, here's what's going to get interesting, because this is a second part of your question. How do you think expanding the playoffs is going to affect college football? Well, it's going to affect it. And again, as we talk about all these changes, like I'm, I'm out there, and I see Tony, SL Hotman and Rich Coach joining us. I'll get to you in a second. Um, what is going to change in college? And, and I'm, I'm, look, I'm not 
I'm here to kind of bring a perspective. I'm going to enjoy watching it, and I'm going to, no one's going to ruin football for me. If you looked at the NFL, for example, when you had less playoff teams, um, you could get a better feel for who the better teams are. But when we started to expand and we had 14 divisions, you know, we became more of a playoff sport. I'm, I think the regular season is good. I think the playoffs are great. They're fun. We're living it. We live in a playoff sport. College football. I, I think the NFL's week in and week out's great. But but I admit that um, there's not a lot of mystery about uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, pretty safe to say they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, you know, now, if they have a bad run and they get a lower seed, they lose the division because of something happens, could have a big impact. Tony's team, you know, um, Cleveland, could, could that have an impact? So maybe you, you take a, a team that's maybe the best team in the AFC and they – they have issues, and they lose some games in the regular season regard, for whatever reason, and it has an effect. It is. It's still important. It doesn't have the importance of college football has lived on something that's been unique. We've talked about college basketball and how college basketball has become a one-month sport, and it's about the road to March Madness. <clears throat> Um, and the games are important only relative to who you get there in seeding, and, and that makes the regular season somewhat important. But it's all about getting ready for the tournament, right? Well, to some degree, you can say that about the NFL, but football you play once a week. College football is unique in that it's the only place where you look at Clemson and Georgia and you think week one. You'll see Oregon, Ohio State, and you'll say, wow. September, wow. That game has a playoff field to it, doesn't it? Now, there's no guarantee that if you win that game that you're in, it depends on what you do the rest of the year, of course. No guarantee that if you lose, you're out. But, boy, it's going to have a big effect, doesn't it? I mean, it is huge. It makes the game bigger. It gives it a playoff feel. As we expand the playoffs, those games are going to become less critical. They'll still be great. They'll still be important. They're less critical. First of all, when you play a game in the early part of the season, you've got more games in which to make up for it. So, if you're Clemson, you're Georgia, you lose that game. If you win the rest of your games, you're still in the mix. If you're Oregon and you lose to Ohio State, you win the rest of your games, you still might have a chance. Same with Ohio State. But now we get into the middle of the season. And latter, you know, I would call it that that middle of October to middle of November stretch. Boy, you late November, certainly. You'll lose that game. Maybe you already have a loss. 
that game is a play. It's almost like an elimination game. I use this as an example because everyone remembers it, but the kick six game, Alabama Auburn. Would people forget about the game? Can obviously with the way it finished, that is the the whole frame of reference for it. But that game was an elimination game. I mean, the loser of that game wasn't going to be in the playoffs. And the winner was probably headed there, particularly if they take care of business in the conference championship game. And, and, and so it was huge. In addition to being a rivalry, in addition to just being a really good game, it was a playoff feel to it. If you had that type of game in the era where we're going into eventually, and if we go say, certainly to 12, both those teams would be guaranteed a playoff spot. So the game would still be big. It would still be important. It would be less critical. It would be less important in that, in this regard. It's still a big rival. You still want to beat your rival. You still want to have the best season you can. You still want to be ranked as high as you can. The best seating. All those things are there. But you still could get in and recover. Okay, maybe you're not as healthy at the end of the year. You get in, you got a little time, you get healthy, and then you're on a run. We see it in the playoffs. Most of the teams that are the best during the NFL season make it. But there are times where a team will kind of come through that their record will not be indicative of what they truly are due to the regular season, due to their injuries, other teams' injuries, but they still get in and make a run. So you, you get that. But here's what it will do. It will make other games more important. So now the team with two losses against another team with two losses that play a game in which they still have a chance to win their division, still have a chance with two losses to make it into the playoffs, those get, where previously they would that would just be Two good teams playing in a nice game. Neither one, both of them are out of the national playoff race. In the new system, they would have a chance to get in. Now what you'll want to know, and I would say that there, this is a, a more difficult question to answer, is how is this going to affect, because right now the playoffs in college football, I mean, it is. We talked about how many teams that, you know, those are teams that can make it into the playoffs. I mean, right now, it is so lopsided with who's really capable and who's not. I mean, I don't think Ohio State is, like, so far behind Alabama that they can't catch them. I know that the game was lopsided last year, but Alabama's really good. And that's the bottom line. And then... And, Look, Ohio State, Clemson, you you, you, you kind of see how it played out. It's still kind of everybody's chasing Bama. But Ohio State, Clemson, if Bama comes back a little bit, Georgia, if Bama comes back, they, they have some shots. But you don't have anybody else that has a real shot. So if you get more teams in the playoffs, right now the playoffs are not very good. Why? Because... There's 
an elite group and making the playoffs, just because you're one of the four, there's often a big gap between two and three or three and four or certainly one and four. Having more teams in the playoffs, are the playoffs going to be competitive? Are they going to be blowouts? If we have playoffs that are blowouts, people are not going to be all that excited. However, we, we could see, and we don't know this, and I think this will coincide with the future. Bama will still be good after Nick Saban leaves, but they won't be the dominant team. And I think as good as Clemson is, as good as Ohio State is, as good as Georgia is, as good as you know Oklahoma is, and if you take Alabama out of the mix, you know, you might have some better looking matchups. You know, now Clemson might be a whole lot better than Notre Dame if they're both healthy. You know, just to use throw two examples out. But I think once you take the team that's just so high up top the perch and you knock them down a few pegs along with everyone else, you might have more competitiveness. So what you're going to have is more teams that are in it, more teams that have a chance, but you might have more lopsided games. Or you might have more games against like teams. So what you will have is, okay, if you have a, I don't know, if you have a, um, a Florida-Oklahoma game, a Notre Dame-A&M game, that would be a real good game. Neither one of them are capable of winning the national championship, probably, but it might be a good game. And then you don't know, somebody gets knocked out of the, the elite team. So I think it's going to change. It's going to change. I can't sit here and tell you for the better or for the worse. It's going to be what it is. And, look, I mean, for me, more football is a good thing. But I, it's it's going to have an effect. You you can't have change yet have everything kind of feel the same. It's going to feel different week in and week out in college. And there'll be more games with teams that are pretty good that'll be on a bigger stage because they all have a chance to get into the tournament, into the playoffs. Whereas right now, it's about... It's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State. Is Can Oklahoma take the next? I mean, the conversations are pretty short with who can win the title. So I think there's going to be a big difference. Um, and S.L. Hotman says, uh, it, it, where are you going to? Okay, Auburn fan. Curious to see how you feel about your team and Brian and what he's going to do there. It's going to be fun. Um, I see Rich Coaches join us. Got a question there. Tony... Jonas Shirley, uh, are there ever situations where a player demands a trade and the team doesn't trade them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's the thing about it. Um, if I don't, I think it's all about communication. And I think that in the in the pro game, and Tony, we, we were talking about the college, certainly in the pro game, they don't have the control that the NBA players, baseball players have with the, with the guaranteed contracts. But the NFL, when you started to have salary caps, and this is an example in the NFL of things change, circumstances change, right? Well, you don't have guaranteed contracts in the NFL. 
we just went over Julio Jones' contract situation. When you give a large outlay of a signing bonus and it's prorated over the life of the contract, guess what? Some contracts that you give a player makes it difficult to trade him for you as well as trading him to, some, to someone they might want. So it creates an issue. It creates a problem. It, it creates some leverage, though, for a player. Um, in, in doing so, um, it, 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 if, you, if you're Aaron Rodgers, and, and that's where you're going, uh, probably. Let's take Julio Jones first. Uh, Atlanta pretty much has got to trade him because of their cap situation. So he wants to leave. He's not happy. He, you know, he's want his and all that. Um, they're in a cap situation. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. They don't want to trade him. Could it happen to where he comes back? Yeah, I mentioned this yesterday on the SEC show with Neil. Yeah, there's a scenario where you could calm the waters and clear up all the bad blood. Probably too far gone to do that. I mean, I'm not in those personal conversations, but probably it's too far gone. And when you let, you know, what's the old saying? You, you got a riff and you got a leak. If you don't repair it, then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and you got to, then you sink the relationship. That's just maybe where they are. Um, so most of the time, the player does get traded because it becomes untenable. I mean, he just can't. You can't deal with it. It becomes a bigger distraction. It, it overwhelms the team. And it usually ends up trading. But there are other situations that that don't get as public that get smoothed over. Normally in this situation, this is probably where you're going, Tony. When it gets this public, kind of difficult to do it. Kind of like what we talked about with some of the college losers. Once the horse is out of the barn... You can corral all the horses and bring them back. It's just tough. It's just made a lot tougher. Um, S.L. Hotman says, uh, one problem in playoff expansion is, um, let's see here if I can catch that there. One problem in playoff expansion is uh, fan cost. In 2013, while I could get tickets to the national championship game, the travel costs were uh, prohibitive. It's a great point there. And so what are you going to do? And it's one thing that you've talked about using the bowl sites and all that. And if they use it, look, you, you are so right, S.L. Hotman, that all sports are, you know, fans and passionate fans. College fans are unique. They'll travel, they'll go, use an Auburn fan, and it sounds like probably love going to maybe, you know, particularly if you take a trip in another part of the, probably like doing that. But there's a, hey, there's a limit. I mean, you know, <laughs> not many people can do that and leave their job, or have the money to do it. And like you say, the, the hotel costs and you got to eat and you got to, you, you know, either drive or ticket. It's, it costs a lot. And then that's on top of the ticket. So where are we going with the playoffs? There's there's been thoughts about okay, do you play them at home sites, and you give, you know, you a chance to watch a game at home where you don't have the travel perhaps or something. Those are things that that 
I think you got to look at for the fan. Let me be honest with you. And I, I think you understand this. They don't care about the fan as much as they like to tell you that they did. It's all about the money. And so I think what they're going to do is continue to use these neutral sites as long as those neutral sites are willing to bid on a game. Why does the NFL has the bleeping NFL draft? And by the way, Tony's city, Paris City, Cleveland, who I lived first stretch, did a fantastic job, as did Nashville, as did, as did Philly, as did pretty much everybody hosts the draft. Think about that. Why would they do that? For money. They're bidding on it. It's an event. Well, you don't think that they're going to get all these cities bidding against one another, these big stadiums, the hotel groups, to, to bid on these playoff games? Absolutely, it's going to make money. It's going to make money on TV. It's going to make money at the gate. They're going to do it. And they're going to squeeze money. Yeah, the money's going to come more from corporate. It's going to knock the little guy out. And it's becoming more and more of a TV sport. Yet, they're going to have to fill Jordan Hare, right? They're going to fill Tiger Stadium and Bryant Denny. And so they're trying to make that experience still really good and allow you to tailgate and allow you to do the things. But they want their cake and eat it too, or, you know, whatever the saying goes. They absolutely do. It's make money. Um, SL Hotman seems to love to see the Rose Bowl, but flying out to SoCal from Alabama or Georgia was a no go. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Or, you know, if you do that, then there's something else that's got to, you got to cut out, right? Well, you know, you throw on top of all that, the pandemic, that, I don't think that was good for anybody. So those are real. So they're, they're big time issues. Uh, a couple of things that, uh, was asked about kind of giving a uh, a look at some of the best players. Um, if you were going to make a all-conference team uh, out of the SEC, where would uh, – boy, that is tough. Preseason one. Well, you'd have to look at guys that – on a team that you would put – that would be uh, guys that have maybe done something and not unless projecting who I think is going to be really good. I would think on offense, I probably, you know, in the system he's in and the experience, because a lot of people have left, Matt Corral. I think there's a guy that maybe a lot of people don't know a lot about. And I don't know that, I don't think the team's going to be very good. But Kevin Harris of South Carolina is, is a great running back. I think Isaiah Spiller can be really good. I think Jerry and Ely can be really good. I think the best receiver, again, might be at LSU, Keishon Butu, the best receiver last year playing was at Alabama. Um, but I think Butu is would certainly, well, you know what? Um, I would say Booty and Traylon Burks of Arkansas would be be guys to, and there are a lot of. It's not going to be a complete list. Don't have enough time to go through all of it. Uh, tight ends. Um, I would say the. Um, I think Billingsley will good good job at Alabama, but I have to go with uh, uh, Wiedemeyer at A and M. Um, offensive line. I think Kenyon Green at A and M. 
I think Evan Neal. I think there'll be a couple of interior linemen at Alabama that'll be good. I like Darian Kennard at Kentucky. Kentucky is another good one. Uh, Sailor of Georgia is really good. Uh, Marietti of, of Missouri and maybe the best center in the group. Um, he's really good. Stromberg of Arkansas is pretty good too. Um, defensive line, I like DeMarvin Leal at a and I think Zach Carter of Florida can be really good. Jordan Davis of Georgia. Um, Nigabari of South Carolina is good. Um, I think Will Anderson at linebacker is going to be good. Christian Harris. I think Alabama's front, their linebacker is going to be really good. I, I think LSU will have the best secondary, and I think led by uh, Derek Stingley. But I think Elam at Florida is going to be really good. I think Battle is going to be a really good player. Um, so those are those are some of the, the key. We'll go into more in-depth. In fact, I've got a lot of the breakdowns over remain, uh, uh, returning players over in the SEC. Um, you know, the other thing we're talking about, the bowl games, and SL Hotman talking about, like, if, if, yeah, if you're a team like an Alabama, do you go to the semifinal? you go to the championship game? Do you wait to go to the championship game? Now, SL Hotman's point. He's talking about going to a game. Do you do you go to two? Who can afford to say, I'm going to the Rose Bowl, and then I'm going to go to uh, Atlanta. Or I'm going to go to – if you're in in Alabama, that's, that's really expensive to do both of them. Um, a couple of things here before we close it out. There was a question about um, – where was the question there that uh, that came up? Uh, it was regarding, um, let's see, players, uh, breakout players. Let me get the question here. Let me look and find it here. Um, it was Josh that sent it in uh, about players that um, – that are pivotal years, young players with pivotal years. And um, I would say in the NFL, I would say at quarterback, um, I'd probably say Tua. Um, you know, you look at, you know, Burrow was injured. He's got a lot to prove. Justin Herbert's, you know, he certainly got a lot to prove, but he's really started to, you know, started off well. I think Tua's in a in a spot where doesn't have fits anymore. He's got to step up. I think um, I think Henry Ruggs um, kind of stand the Alabama theme. Remember, they took him over Judy and C.D. Lamb. So and they've you know. The Raiders have really, really been sketchy with their draft picks. I think Jeff Okuda with the with the Lions is kind of in a pivotal year. I think Isaiah Simmons, the Cardinals, the linebacker, has got to settle in and become impact. I think for the Giants to take a step, I think Andrew Thomas is going to have to step up, play well. Speaking of Miami, Austin Jackson. It took him pretty high out of USC. Really good talent, upside. He's got to start to get things done. How about the Eagles' Jalen Rager? Um, Justin Jefferson, 
you know, he's going to be tied to him. That's who they passed over to take uh, Rager. And, and Justin's off to a great start in Minnesota. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, uh, Damon Arnett, that was a reach, and it's looking like that was the case. Michael Pittman's got to really step up for the Colts. Um, those are some guys that I think are, are uh, not a complete list, but those are some guys that are in the, uh, in the category of must, must have an impact. Rich Coach says, what was your scouting evaluation of Bruce Armstrong out of Louisville and Nate Odoms out of Wisconsin? Nate Odoms, big physical press corner, tackled well. He could play inside Summit safety. Liked him at a really high grade on him. Bruce Armstrong was a little bit more athletic and was more of a workout guy coming out of Louisville. I thought he played well at Louisville. He wasn't great. Um, you know, he ended up having, quite frankly, about the type of career that you would expect. Not any better, not any worse. Hey, it's been fun. Just kind of having a little hodgepodge, taking your questions and your thoughts. Um, again, working on a lot of things right now, trying to get some things done. Um, got a little surgery tomorrow, uh, so be out of pocket maybe for Thursday and Friday. Um, should be back for the SEC show on Friday, I hope. But been doing a lot of film work. Going to get a lot of a uh, lot of more content. Working on a lot of content for the website with previews, college previews, NFL. We've got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of um, the scouting season offer that's still out there today as we get ready towards the season, uh, folks. It, uh, we've got a lot of good stuff, and we'll be breaking down a lot of personnel. Keeping you up to date in our notebooks every day. That's kind of a staple for what we're doing. What's going on in the league behind the scenes as well as the information. Check it all out at LandryFootball.com today. Appreciate you joining us. Join us next Wednesday, God willing, here on another edition of Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football. Also, we're going to be out of the Landry Football Podcast tomorrow due to some surgery. We're also looking at uh, looking uh, at some options with that show as well. So we're trying to work through some things this offseason, but we're going to be here bringing the best football information and analysis for you right here, our listeners, and, of course, our members over at LandryFootball.com. If you're not yet a member, take advantage of it today. If you're not catching us on uh, Twitch TV, check us out, twitch.tv slash Football. Uh, subscribe, uh, hit the subscribe button, friend us, hit the heart button, and join us there. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great one. We'll talk to you Friday on SEC Football and Beyond. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.